0: Chapter 21, verses 15 through 25, of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Volume 2, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. The Sibrox recording is in the public domain. Verses 15 through 17. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Theophylact, the dinner being ended, he commits to Peter the superintendence over the sheep of the world, not to the others. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? Augustine, our Lord asked this, knowing it, He knew that Peter not only loved him, but loved him more than all the rest. Alcune. He is called Simon, son of John, John being his natural father. But mystically, Simon is obedience, John Grace, a name well befitting him who is so obedient to God's grace that he loved our Lord more ardently than any of the others. Such virtue arising from divine gift, not mere human will. Augustine. While our Lord was being condemned to death, he feared and denied him. But by his resurrection, Christ implanted love in his heart and drove away fear. Peter denied because he feared to die. But when our Lord was risen from the dead and by his death destroyed death, what should he fear? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. On this confession of his love, our Lord commends his sheep to him. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs, as if there were no way of Peter showing his love for him, but by being a faithful shepherd, under the chief shepherd. Chrysostom, that which most of all attracts the divine love is care and love of our neighbor. Our Lord, passing by the rest, addresses this command to Peter, he being the chief of the apostles, the mouth of the disciples, and head of the college. Our Lord remembers no more his sin in denying him, or brings that as a charge against him, but commits to him at once the superintendence over his brethren. If thou lovest me, have rule over thy brethren. Show forth that love which thou hast evidenced throughout, and that life which thou saidst thou wouldest lay down for me. Lay down for the sheep. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Well doth he say to Peter, Lovest thou me? And Peter answered, Amote, And our Lord replies again, Feed my lambs. Whereby it appears that amor and delectio are the same thing, especially as our Lord the third time he speaks does not say, Deligis me, but amas me. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? A third time our Lord asks Peter whether he loves him. Three confessions are made to answer to the three denials, that the tongue might show as much love as it had feared, and life gained draw out the voice as much as death threatened. Chrysostom. A third time he asks the same question and gives the same command to show of what importance he esteems the superintendence of his own sheep, and how he regards it as the greatest proof of love to him. Theophilacte. Thence is taken the custom of threefold confession in baptism. Chrysostom. The question asked for the third time disturbed him. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? He was afraid perhaps of receiving a reproof again for professing to love more than he did. So he appeals to Christ himself, and said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, i.e., the secrets of the heart, present and to come. Augustine, he was grieved because he was asked so often by him who knew what he asked, and gave the answer. He replies, therefore, from his inmost heart, Thou knowest that I love thee. Augustine, he says no more, he only replies what he knew himself. He knew he loved him. Whether any else loved him, he could not tell as he could not see into another's heart. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep, as if to say, Be at the office of love to feed the Lord's flock, as it was the resolution of fear to deny the shepherd. Theophylact, there was a difference perhaps between lambs and sheep. The lambs are those just initiated, the sheep are the perfected. Alcune, to feed the sheep is to support the believers in Christ from falling from the faith to provide earthly sustenance for those under us, to preach and to exemplify withal, our preaching by our lives, to resist adversaries, to correct wanderers. Augustine, they who feed Christ's sheep as if they were his own, not Christ's, show plainly that they love themselves, not Christ, that they are moved by lust of glory, power, gain, not by the love of obeying, ministering, pleasing God, let us love, therefore, not ourselves, but him, and in feeding his sheep seek not our own, but the things which are his. For whoso loveth himself, not God, loveth not himself. Man that cannot live of himself must die by loving himself, and he cannot love himself who loves himself to his own destruction. Whereas when he by whom we live is loved, we love ourselves the more, because We do not love ourselves, because we do not love ourselves in order that we may love him by whom we live. Augustine. But unfaithful servants arose who divided Christ's flock and handed down the division to their successors. And you hear them say, Those sheep are mine. What seekest thou with my sheep? I will not let thee come to my sheep. If we call our sheep ours, as they call them theirs, Christ hath lost his sheep. Verses 18 and 19, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girded thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Chrysostom, Our Lord, having made Peter declare his love, informs him of his future martyrdom, and intimation to us how we should love. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girded thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. he reminds them of his former life, because, whereas in worldly matters a young man has powers, an old man none, in spiritual things, on the contrary, virtue is brighter, manliness stronger, in old age, age is no hindrance to grace, Peter had all along desired to share Christ's dangers. So Christ tells him, Be of good cheer, I will fulfill thy desire in such a way, that what thou hast not suffered when young, thou shalt suffer when old. But when thou art old, whence it appears that he was then neither a young nor an old man, but in the prime of life, origin. It is not easy to find any ready to pass at once from this life, and so he says to Peter, When thou art old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, Augustine, that is, shalt be crucified, and come to this end. Another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. First he said, What would come to pass? Secondly, how it would come to pass? For it was not when crucified, but when about to be crucified, that he was led whither he would not. He wished to be released from the body and be with Christ, but, if it were possible, he wished to attain to eternal life without the pains of death, to which he went against his will, but conquered by the force of his will, and triumphing over the human feeling, so natural a one, that even old age could not deprive Peter of it. But whatever be the pain of death, it ought to be conquered by the strength of love for him, who, being our life, Voluntarily also underwent death for us. For if there is no pain in death, or very little, the glory of martyrdom would not be great. Chrysostom. He says, whether thou wouldest not, with reference to the natural reluctance of the soul to be separated from the body, an instinct implanted by God to prevent men putting an end to themselves. Then, raising the subject, the evangelist says, This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Not should die. He expresses himself so, to imitate that to suffer for Christ was the glory of the sufferer. But unless the mind is persuaded that he is very God, the sight of him can in no way enable us to endure death. Wherefore, the death of the saints is certainly of divine glory. Augustine, he who denied and loved died in perfect love for him, for whom he had promised to die with wrong haste. It was necessary that Christ should die for Peter's salvation, and then Peter die for Christ's gospel. Verses 19 through 23. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning around, seeing the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at the supper, and said, Lord, which is he that shall betray thee? Peter seeing him saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went the saying abroad among the brethren, that the disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Augustine. Our Lord, having foretold to Peter by what death he should glorify God, bids him follow him, and when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Why does he say, Follow me, to Peter, and not to the others who were present, who as disciples were following their master? Or, if we understand it of his martyrdom, was Peter the only one who died for the Christian truth? Was not James put to death by Herod? Someone will say that James was not crucified, and that this was fitly addressed to Peter, because he not only died, but suffered the death of the cross, as Christ did. Theophylact. Peter, hearing that he was to suffer death for Christ, asks whether John was to die. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Augustine, he calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved, because Jesus had a greater and more familiar love for him than for the rest, so that he made him lie on his breast at supper. In this way, John the more commends the divine excellency of that gospel which he preached. Some think, and they, no contemptible commentators upon the scripture, that the reason why John was loved more than the rest was because he had lived in perfect chastity up from his youth. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Theophylact, i.e., shall he not die? Augustine, Jesus saith unto him, What is that to thee? And he then repeats, Follow thou me, as if John would not follow him, because he wished to remain till he came. Then went the saying abroad among the disciples, that that disciple should not die. Was it not a natural inference of the disciples? But John himself does away with such a notion. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? But if any so will, let him contradict, and say that what John says is true, viz. that our Lord did not say that that disciple should not die, but that nevertheless this was signified by using such words as John records, theophylact or let him say, Christ did not deny that John was to die, for whatever is born dies but said, I will that he tarry till I come, i.e., to live to the end of the world, and then he shall suffer martyrdom for me. And therefore they confess that he still lives, but will be killed by Antichrist, and will preach Christ's name with Elias. But if his sepulchre be objected, then they say that he entered in alive, and went out of it afterwards. Augustine or perhaps he will allow that john still lies in his sepulchre at ephesus but asleep not dead and will give us a proof that the soil over his grave is moist and watery owing to his respiration but why should our lord grant it as a great privilege to the disciple whom he loved that he should sleep this long time in the body when he released peter from the burden of the flesh by a glorious martyrdom and give him what Paul had longed for, when he said, I have a desire to depart, and be with Christ, if there really takes place at John's grave that which report says, It is either done to commend his precious death, since that had not martyrdom to commend it, or for some other cause not known to us. Yet the question remains, Why did our Lord say of one who was about to die, I will that he tarry till I come. It may be asked, too, why our Lord loved John the most, when Peter loved our Lord the most. I might easily reply that the one who loved Christ the more was the better man, and the one whom Christ loved the more, the more blessed. Only this would not be a defense for our Lord's justice. This important question, then, I will endeavor to answer. The Church acknowledges two modes of life. As divinely revealed that by faith and that by sight, the one is represented by the apostle Peter in respect of the primacy of his apostleship, the other by John. Wherefore, to the one it is said, follow me, i.e., imitate me in enduring temporal sufferings. Of the other it is said, I will that he tarry till I come, as if to say, do thou follow me by the endurance of temporal sufferings. Let him remain till I come to give everlasting bless, or to open out the meaning more. Let action be perfected by following the example of my passion. but let contemplation wait and collate until at my coming it be completed. Wait, not simply remain, continue, but wait for its completion at Christ's coming. Now, in this life of action, it is true the more we love Christ, the more we are freed from sin. But he does not love us as we are. He frees us from sin, that we may not always remain as we are. But he loves us heretofore, rather, because hereafter we shall not have that which displeases him, and which he frees us from. So then, let Peter love him, that we may be freed from this mortality. Let John be loved by him, that we may be preserved in that immortality. John loved less than Peter because, as he represented that life in which we are much more loved, our Lord said, I will that he remain, i.e. wait till I come, seeing that that greater love we have not yet, but wait till we have it at his coming. And this intermediate state is represented by Peter who loves, but is loved less. For Christ loves us in our misery less than in our blessedness. And we again love the completion of truth, such as it will be then, less in our present state, because, as yet, we neither know nor have it. But let none separate those illustrious apostles, that which Peter represented, and that which John represented. Both were sometime to be. Gloss, I will that he tarry, i.e., I will not that he suffer martyrdom, but wait for the quiet dissolution of the flesh, when I shall come and receive him into eternal blessedness. Theophylact. When our Lord says to Peter, follow me, he confers upon him the superintendence over all the faithful, and at the same time bids him imitate him in everything, word and work. He shows to his affection for Peter. For those who are most dear to us, we bid follow us. Chrysostom. But if it be asked, how then did James assume the see of Jerusalem? I answer that our Lord enthroned Peter, not as bishop of the see, but as doctor of the whole world. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper. It is not without meaning that that circumstance of leaning on his breast is mentioned, but to show what confidence Peter had after his denial. For he who at the supper dared not ask himself, but gave his question to John to put, has the superintendence over his brethren committed to him? And whereas before he gave a question which concerned himself to another to put, he now asks questions himself of his master concerning others. Our Lord then having foretold such great things of him, and committed the world to him, and prophesied his martyrdom, and made known his greater love, Peter, wishing to have John admitted to a share of this calling, says, And what shall this man do? As if to say, Will he not go the same way with us? For Peter had great love for John, as appears from the Gospels and Acts of the Apostles, which give many proofs of their close friendship. So Peter does John the same turn, that John had done him, thinking That he wanted to ask about himself, but was afraid. He puts the question for him. However, inasmuch as they were now going to have the care of the world committed to them, and could not remain together without injury to their charge, our Lord says, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? As if to say, Attend to the work committed to thee, and do it. If I will that he abide here, what is that to thee? Theophylact. Some have understood till I come to mean till I come to punish the Jews who have crucified me, and strike them with the Roman rod. For they say that this apostle lived up to the time of Vespasian, who took Jerusalem, and dwelt near when it was taken. Or till I come, i.e. till I give him the commission to preach. For to you I commit now the pontificate of the world. And in this follow me, but let him remain till I come and call him. As I do thee now. Chrysostom. The Evangelist then corrects the opinion taken up by the Apostles. Verses 24 through 25. This is the disciple which testifieth of these things, and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things written which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen chrysostom john appeals to his own knowledge of these events having been witness of them this is the disciple which testifieth of these things when we assert any undoubted fact in common life we do not withhold our testimony much less would he who wrote by the inspiration of the holy ghost and thus the other apostles and we are witnesses of these things and wrote these things john is only one who appeals to his own testimony And he does so because he was the last who wrote. And for this reason, he often mentions Jesus' love for him, i.e., to show the motive which led him to write and to give weight to his history. And we know that his testimony is true. He was present at every event, even at the crucifixion, when our Lord committed his mother to him, circumstances which both show Christ's love and his own importance as a witness. But if any believe not, let him consider what follows and there are also many other things which jesus did if when there were so many other things to relate i have not said so much as the other and have selected often reproaches and contumelies in preference to other things it is evident that i have not written partially one who wants to show another off to advantage does the very contrary omits the dishonorable things augustine the which if they should be written every one i suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written, meaning it not the world had not space for them, but that the capacity of readers was not large enough to hold them, though sometimes words themselves may exceed the truth, and yet the thing they express be true, a mode of speech which is used not to explain an obscure and doubtful, but to magnify or estimate a plain thing, nor does it involve any departure from the path of truth inasmuch as the excess of the word over the truth is evidently only a figure of speech and not a deception, this way of speaking the Greeks call hyperbole, and it is found in other parts of Scripture. Chrysostom. This is said to show the power of him who did the miracles, i.e., that it was an easy thing for him to do them, as it is for us to speak of them, seeing he is God over all, blessed forever. The end. End of Chapter 21 End of Catina Aria Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers Volume 4, Part 2, St. John by St. Thomas Aquinas Translated by John Henry Newman